0: Okay, please follow along as I share with you the message of the resurrection from John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18. John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stopped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. "'Dear woman, why are you crying?' the angels asked her. "'Because they have taken away my Lord,' she replied, "'and I don't know where they have put him.' She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. "'Dear woman, why are you crying?' Jesus asked her. "'Who are you looking for?' She thought he was the gardener. "'Sir,' she said." If you have taken him away, please tell me where you, you have put him and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them. I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. God bless the reading of this word. He's
1: risen. He's risen
0: indeed.
1: It's great to celebrate this morning the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope if you got here early enough, you got a donut and some celebration on the way in. If you were a little late, They'll be there when you leave, and we can eat on the way out as well and continue this celebration of the Lord's resurrection. The Lord's resurrection is a fact of history, but it's also so much more than that. The scriptures make it very clear that there's a direct connection between the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and our ability to Uh, experience uh, life uh, resurrection life and there's a connection between Jesus resurrection and the life that we may live in other words you and I have a personal stake in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 24 verses 4 and 5 it talks about the resurrection of Jesus and Uh, The disciples are looking for the the body and an angel appears and the angel says to them, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Now, I don't know how you process the fact that we celebrate a historical event of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's ample evidence of the resurrection of the Lord, historically. Historians tell us that the best way to identify whether something is uh, real or not is to look at the evidence. And for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there were multiple witnesses, multiple independent witnesses, who witnessed to multiple appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. The scriptures identify at least a dozen different times when the resurrected Jesus appeared to people. There's the evidence of the empty tomb when Peter and John visited the tomb and saw the grave clothes lying in the empty tomb. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene in the garden and speaks to her and she identifies and recognizes him on the road to Emmaus as we find in Luke chapter 24 verses 13 through 35 Jesus walks with the disciples on the Emmaus Road and talks with them about how the scriptures predicted that he would rise again from the dead and they didn't fully understand it until he broke bread with them and then they recognized him as the resurrected Lord Then Jesus appears to the apostles in the upper room twice, once before Thomas was present, and then again the second time when Thomas is there, and Thomas recognizes Jesus as Jesus says to him, put your hand in the wound in my side, put your fingers in the nail prints in my hand. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. He eats with them. And Thomas believes. He appears again by the Sea of Galilee where the disciples have gone to go fishing and he appears to them and prepares a meal for them and they eat with him. All of these appearances help us to believe historically that this is an accurate account of what happened. Charles Coulson said that in his spiritual journey, it was the Watergate affair that convinced him of the resurrection of the Lord. And he said the reason was there were very influential, powerful people in the nation's capital who had agreed upon a story that they were going to tell. And within a few days, it began to fall apart as they couldn't keep their story accurate. He says, then he looked at the 12 disciples, and he realized that here were 12 men who were consistent in telling a story. Even though they were independent witnesses, they consistently told the same story for nearly 40 years and died because they held on to that belief. Historically, the scriptures are accurate in telling us what happened that first Easter day. The tomb became empty and Christ rose again from the dead. The apostles picked up that reality and began to use it as the basis of their proclamation in the first century. You go to the book of Acts, the history of the early church, and Peter who initially had denied the Lord and had walked away, later began to see that Jesus had indeed risen. And he says in his sermon these words, God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep a hold of him. God raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of this fact. Peter had denied the Lord and wept bitterly at his crucifixion. He had seen the empty tomb and the the risen Lord. But instead he decided to go fishing. And this is where he met Jesus as Jesus cooked breakfast for him. And in his sermon at Pentecost, he is boldly standing now before the crowd and declaring the resurrected Lord and connecting the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was taking place with the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. In that sermon, he says, Exalted at the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and poured out what we now see and hear. And here's where the connection between the proclamation and us begins to take place. Because at the end of that sermon, the Apostle Paul says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Christ has risen. He makes available to us His Holy Spirit if we will repent which essentially means to look at our life and to turn around. The other disciples boldly spoke of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, in his writings, speaks of the fact that Christ is risen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes, For I received what I passed on to you of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, and some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then all of the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me. In that text, Paul makes an interesting statement. He says in verse 17, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. There's a connection between the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the resurrection of Christ that gives us the hope of eternal life. As you move on in that text, in verses 20 20 and following, he says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. First fruits. It's interesting that during the time of Passover, the day after Passover was the the celebration of first fruits where they would bring in the first uh, part of the crop which in a sense became a, a signal that there was going to be a, a multitude of, of, of the crop that would come in. And so what is, Paul is suggesting is that Christ is the first to rise, but his resurrection opens the door for others to experience the resurrection as well. Peter in his epistle, which was read for us this morning, says the Lord in his great mercy has given us new birth." into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The early church in all of its creeds made witness to the fact that Jesus Christ had risen. In the Apostles' Creed, it says, Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary and suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell and on the third day he rose again. The scriptures historically tell us that Christ rose. The apostles began to preach that and tithe the resurrection of Jesus to themselves and to us. That what happens as a result of what Jesus has done is that he gives us the possibility Of resurrection life. In order to fully understand how the resurrection of Jesus has the potential to impact us, we need to recognize our own personal spiritual condition. In reality, we are dead persons walking. While it may be that we are physically alive, we suffer the consequences of sin, which is death. Paul wrote to the church in Rome, the wages of sin is death. This is our spiritual reality, even though we may falsely think that we are alive. And the scriptures talk both about physical death and spiritual death, and they're in in some way intertwined, because the result of sin is ultimately also physical death. But that death has been conquered by the work of Jesus Christ. And the secret to a real life, an abundant life, life with a capital L, life filled with joy and purpose and fulfillment, is that we walk the way of Calvary. Just as with Jesus, there could be no resurrection without first experiencing the death of crucifixion. So with us. We must come to the place where we are willing to bury our dead selves, the self that is full of trespasses and sin. And this is what the Bible calls repentance, where we turn from ourselves and put our whole trust in Jesus Christ to pour his life into us. In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul wrote about this when he talked about, uh, to the Ephesian Christians. Let me read the text. For as for for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of this air, the spirit who is now at work with those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace we are saved. And God raised us up with Christ and sealed us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming age, we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness in Jesus Christ. For by grace you're saved, through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. The term that scriptures use to illustrate this identification with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is baptism. It's a spiritual baptism, which is symbolized and visualized by water baptism. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are baptized by one spirit into his body. And when we are baptized, it's the same as being buried with Christ and then raised to new life because of the faith in the power of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. When we are baptized, we died and were buried with Christ. We were baptized so that we would live a new life as Christ lived to the glory of God, the Father. If we share in Christ's death by being baptized, we are raised to life with him. I think perhaps we miss the symbolic significance of the physical baptism, which is speaking of and illustrating a spiritual internal baptism which takes place. In the early church, they didn't have baptismal tanks like we have here. What they did is they would go down to the local watering hole or to the river, very public place, and those who had decided to follow Jesus and to confess the resurrection of Jesus Christ, confessed him as the Lord, they would go down and they would publicly, in front of everyone, be baptized, and it was a symbol that they had died with Christ. They were identifying with the death of Jesus Christ, and they were coming back up to life as they came up out of the water. And it was a way of saying to the the community, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to make him the Lord and the leader of my life. Somewhere along the line, each and every one of us have a decision to make. Will we allow Christ's resurrection to be ours? by identifying with him and following him as our Lord and the leader of our life. When we do that, something takes place in our life. We become transformed and Christ's life comes into ours. Mary Carr is a poet who was transformed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ after a a long and wandering journey. And she's written a book uh, which deals with some of these theological topics. And uh, she's written one called Descending Theology, The Resurrection. From the star points of his pinned extremities, cold inched in black ice and squid ink, till the hung flesh was empty, lonely in that void even for pain. He missed his splintered feet, the human stare buried in his face. He ached for two hands made of meat. He could reach to the end of In the corpse core, the stone fist of his heart began to bang on the stiff chest's door. And breath spilled back into that battered shape. Now, it's your limbs he comes to fill as warm water shatters at birth, rivering everywhere. Jesus said, I'm crucified. Paul wrote, I'm crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And I, the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There'd be no better day than today to recognize that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not simply only a historical fact but it is an event which implicates each and every one of us with a basic decision will we trust that living Lord to become the leader and the forgiver of our life you see if the historical fact is true then all of the words of Jesus are quite significant. Uh, If they're not true, if Jesus didn't rise again, then forget everything he said. But if he did rise from the dead, and his resurrection then has significance for each and every one of us, because it's through his cross and through his resurrection that we can obtain living life and the hope of eternal life. I'm moving on in age, as you can tell by looking at me. (laughs) Big bags under my eyes a few other things that aren't quite the way they used to be. And I realize day by day how precious it is to know the hope of eternal life. And to know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, and Romans Paul says, you know, if you hear that message you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You can have eternal life. And I wish that for each and every one who's here this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for reminding us again that the resurrection is not simply something that happened in the past, but it's something that has deep and profound significance for each one of our lives today. May we accept the risen Lord that we might experience our resurrection from spiritual death and ultimately the hope of eternal life. In Christ's name we pray, amen.